Haha! Yes! You are now listening to the sounds of Sports Reports is Ordered. You're... College football is heading towards week eight. The NFL going into week seven. Where has the time gone? Speaking of time, how many times is Staley going to go for it on fourth down to make us talk about it? Even if it isn't a bad decision, we still going to talk about it anyway. (laughs) And all I can say is prepare for the corny dad joke. Man, it hurts to watch Jalen. (laughs) so i got mr logical with me you're i am two five so let's get into it you know how we do this we started off with get it off my chest i'm gonna go first you know what I'm saying? We're going to set this off because I got an opinion. I got some things to say. And if y'all call me a hater, so what? Ooh, Mike is on I, one. Let me get a sip. I Let me told y'all. Hold on. Go ahead. I told y'all from day one, I love Coach Prime. I told y'all from day one that y'all was going to turn this man into Obama or Trump. Where if you just say his name, you know, you're going to get all the feelings. It's going to be love over here, hate over here, nothing in the middle. 2-5 is the middle. Because I love Dion. But I'm going to tell you how I feel. So, Dion said he was bringing in Louie. He brought in Wrangler. A lot of these dudes that he brought in were backups on their teams. They were dudes that weren't even getting time on their teams, which, you know, to be fair, he only had the offseason, you know, this was his first go-round, so you can't expect that he was going to bring in the cream de la creme, right? Okay, we got that. Mm -hmm. But I expect a dude that everybody else besides 2-5 calls the greatest defensive back of all time here we go. You know what I'm saying? I, I ain't gonna say who it is. I, we that's a whole different conversation. But 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 like he he was a guy that played both ways. You know, he would play receiver from time to time, but you heard what I said from time to time. You know, he had a game or two where he started at receiver, but it wasn't an every week thing. So now we're in college, and I understand in high school, you know, your running back plays linebacker, or sometimes the quarterback might play DB. I get it. But here we are. This is big boy college football. This is not HBCU. This is not FCS. Travis Hunter, pick a position and stick to it. Because you just had your liver lacerated. Why are you playing 157 plays in a game? Why? Because Coach Prime made you. I don't know if Travis Hunter can tell Coach Prime Hey, not tonight, coach. Or like, hey, coach, like, can I just do 50, you know, whatever. Like, you know, but the point being, Dion, you were playing against Stanford, a team that was one in four, a team that lost to an FCS team already, a team that you were up 29 to nothing against. At home, at halftime, now, not only did you play the man 157 plays, but he when he was getting cooked, 
You didn't even let them get a breath. Now, corners are supposed to have short memories. You know, you get burnt, you get it back the next play, or you hold them like Sauce Gardner does. Yeah. Yeah, hold until you call it. But Dion, do me a favor, man. Make a bowl game. You know, all the hype, all the people, you know, all the attention, all the media, all the screaming, all the haters. Just make a bowl game. But more importantly than that, value Travis Hunter. Black Lives Matter. <laughs> you said at the free meeting. Uh, like I said, our our show wasn't designed to be football centric. We're not football experts. I mean, when I was when I graduated high school, I was five nine. 159 like i didn't play any football i love the i love the sport i love sports in general i love the the learning aspect of it i love the nuance of it i love how you know you can break down something simple as like why is the guy playing 157 snaps post injury and you get that information it's like you know what that might be a good idea, a bad idea. You talk about Staley going for it on fourth down. So we have all this information. We have back in the day when the Bills went the four straight Super Bowls and they had the running gun offense. Could have behooved them every once in a while to slow down so the defense could get a break because they were sending guys back out of the field and Peyton two Manning. and a half, three million. Peyton Manning, but Peyton Manning figured out in the uh, is now the RCA dome. I can't believe what it, can't remember what it was called. Before. I think it's Lucas Oil now, right? It's Lucas Oil. I think it was RCA Dome back in the day. Now it's Lucas Oil. Yeah, 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 yeah. The off the the fans will be quiet, you know. So you know, there's there's all these things that you do as a coach, a staff, an organization to put your team in a position to win. My issue is that my team and other teams, but mainly my team is a the, the topic of my get off my chest is that. I've never been hired as a defensive coordinator. <laughs> I've never been a high school defensive coordinator. Never been a youth football league defensive coordinator. I've never been anything as far as a coach in football ever. But for like the last six or seven years as a Falcons fan, I've been kind of like watching post the 28 to three is like, let me pay closer attention to this. And what I'm determined is that the people that they hire have no idea what they're doing <laughs> in crunch time. Arthur Smith, listen, I always say, I'm not, I don't want someone to have to lose their job because as a military member, we used to move. And as a military brat, I used to move. And I remember having to pack up in October to go to a foreign country, not necessarily foreign, because I was going to a military base, but I was like, I was leaving my house here in the States to go to live in Germany. I get that it's, a, it's breaking up the, the the friend dynamic and the most dynamic in your family. But as a coach, I don't want you to get fired if I think you're doing a good job. But Arthur Smith, you're not doing a good job, man. You're simply not doing a good job. 
I talked about this, how Chicago Bears sliced up and diced up the commander's secondary from the first play of the game. And I said it last week. You can go back and check the tape. I said, paraphrasing here, if he checks the tape of the Washington-Chicago game and he simply just puts his best wide receiver in a position that where the Washington secondary has to make a play on the ball, more likely your our best player, our best wide receiver, the six foot four, two hundred twenty pound Drake London, or six foot four and a half Mac Hollins, or six foot five Cal Pitts, or six foot two and a half Kadero Patterson. The size of these guys, they're bigger than every defensive back on Washington's team. But yet he just kept making these terrible runs. He never threw the ball deep. And it just, I'm sitting there thinking, like, I like I I graduated from frustration to like articulation of the problem. Because I went to like the day before is at my son's high school, high school game. And what I I came up with something, I kind of came up with on the spot is like coaches sometimes coach with the fear. They don't call this play because of fear of how it's going to be perceived. They don't call, call this play because of fear that it could go wrong. They don't put this person in because it, it is the fear that they could fumble the ball, whatever the case may be. Well, if you're not getting the results you are expecting with your base ideology, then you might as well sprinkle in a little fear. Salt in a little, uh, you know, a little little angst do something because it was so many opportunities for the falcons i was like do not run the ball on third down i am a dude i'm driving my car and i'm looking down at the offensive formation and i'm like they're gonna run it to the right driving i hear it through the bluetooth run to the right for two yards the washington front like i talked about this they should be the one of the best in the league with Chase Young, Jonathan Allen, uh, Payne, Sweat. Barton at linebacker, Sweat. I mean, it's like that front seven has four stud defensive linemen, two or three solid linebackers. Listen, I don't know what the NFL. I know they 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 basically stopped drafting white cornerbacks, but give me two white outside linebackers, shut it down. Just for some reason, Atlanta has two. Uh, Dallas tends to have a couple. Yeah, Van Der Esch, yeah. Van Der Esch, and you, what's what's the, what's the guy named that just went to all the fame from Miami? Oh, uh, Zach Thomas. Zach Thomas. Yeah, Zach Thomas. Yep. yep. Zach Thomas. Uh, Luke Erlacher. Erlacher. Something uh, about that. My guy from Jacksonville. The, oh, I can't think of his name right now. Go ahead. Pulaski. Yeah, Paul him. Pulaski, yep, you yep, man. Yep, yep. That that inside outside linebacker. Yeah, you might say they're not fast enough to be corners. Washington keeps a couple of those guys, and they just kept running it right into the teeth. And then we get the touchdown. I said it's going for one. They went for two. I get it. Be aggressive. They got the pass interference call in the end zone. And Matt Ryan was seeing in the booth. Yo, you only have about five or six play calls on your sheet for two point conversions. They went for it again, didn't get it with a terrible play call. They get the ball back down inside the five. One delayed game penalty. 
almost another one. And after that, he threw a pick. It's just, it just lets me know wholeheartedly you're not equipped mentally or emotionally for what you're doing as a head coach and you got to go. It is, it is time for people to ignore the money. Sean Payton is not one of those coaches. You might not be emotionally equipped for what you're doing. It might cost you money up front, but it's going to cost you more money in the back end. Cause if you keep two quarterbacks a quarterback and a coach and you're paying them $65 million a year and they're giving you six wins, you're paying 10 you're and literally $10 million a win. It's like, is that what you want to do? Uh, you could look at the combination of Mike McCarthy. He shouldn't be calling offensive plays. And we'll get into that later. Arthur Smith is another one of those guys. You should be overseeing instead of micromanaging. Give your offensive coordinator who has that title. Someone's getting the check to do that. Let them call the plays. If you can't do that, if you can't, if you, if your system isn't clear enough to be articulated to other coaches, then you're not built to do your job. I can teach my son how we do this podcast and have him do it and not be here because I can teach you that. If it's to the point where it's like my information isn't clear enough for you to articulate that, then it's like that's a problem for me. Arthur Smith, Arthur Blank, y'all need to have a meeting and someone either needs to step down from their position and promote someone else or you fire the head coach, you find another billionaire to buy the team and then let me enjoy the rest of my years on earth with the competitive team. Because right now, I'm not. I already got tickets for the Jets-Falcons game in December because that's a, I bought them in August, July, August time frame. But they came here to play the Giants a couple years ago, and I'm like, I'm not giving my money up for what you guys have been putting on the field for the last couple of years. I was a little optimistic this year. I'm already upset. I already bought the tickets. But if I can sell them for a profit, I will, because I'm not going to go to a game when I got people on the sideline, because I'm going to be on the sideline, on the visitor sideline, I will tell you, hey, man, when they ran cover three, you should have done this. <laughs> I'll say it out loud. You can come in the audience and try to get at me, but you can catch these knuckles too. But, yeah, you should go either resign before then or figure it out, whatever is easiest. But, man, it was, man I, was, I was screaming. My daughter <laughs> had an iPad in the car, and she was focused. She was watching Bluey. Matter of fact, Bluey, a great cartoon. If you are a parent, don't have your kids watch anything else. Bluey is the cartoon to watch. Right. It is all yeah. about positivity. Mm-hmm. They always they it's like it's a mom, dad, and two daughters. I think they're like dingo Bingo. dogs. Yeah. Bingo and Bluey, man, they have imaginary games. Yeah, it we is, named our it, cat after that damn show. Yeah, it is the greatest <laughs> show ever. And if my daughter wasn't watching that and I could hear that. Over what I was happening on my phone, I would I would crash. I would have crashed into the mouth. Blippy's pretty positive too, you know. Blippy, <laughs> yo, she loves Blippy. She loves Blippy and Bluey. Blippy and Bluey. Yeah. My son, my, my 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 youngest son, loved Caillou, and he's a complete oh, monster. Yeah. I love him to death. Caillou, but yeah. he acts just like Caillou, and I, like so. Hopefully, my daughter takes on Bluey. But yeah, if it wasn't for Bluey, I don't know if I'd be here today. But I'll just right. you. Somebody's got to go. 
So, yo, so keeping it there, you know, B. John Robinson and uh, Algier. I always forget his first name. Tyler. Tyler, Tyler yeah. Tyler Shout Algier. Yeah. Combined 26 rushes for 88 yards. It makes no sense. I don't understand it. Now, Desmond Ritter threw for 370 yards. 307 yards. So it was just like, okay, maybe they, they're letting them loose. But then when you look back at the decision-making, it's like, maybe it's time to play Heineke. I don't think, like, that's the thing. And I, I talked about this but, before. But it's, but it's and- Smith. It's not Ritter. It's Smith. It's yeah. It's it's not a. We can talk about this. It's not always just bringing a backup. The problem is, we have. Oh, say, Alex Smith was a starter. Patrick Mahomes is on was the backup that whole year. They made the playoffs, and then Smith went on to Washington. Mahomes took over. But the. The Heineke Ritter piece is that Ritter was a guy they drafted a couple off seasons ago. He played sparingly last year. He's gonna play this year. You gotta figure out if you have a quarterback. People say it's the most difficult position to play in sports. I wouldn't consider it the most difficult position, but what I will give it the the the, the moniker I would give it is the most I wanna say the most important position to get right. But it's definitely a position you don't want to get wrong for too long. Because mm-hmm. having a guard that starts over a better guard on a bench can impact you. You're a good guard and a good tackle on the right side can boost your run game from 3.4 yards of carry to 4.5. That's substantial in the run game. You know, having a, a tight end that can block and catch passes is probably better than the guy that can only catch passes. So all these little different pieces. But the quarterback, getting it wrong for too long is, is a problem. I think the Jets thought they cured that by bringing in Aaron Rodgers and not having to play Zach Wilson again. But then he got back into it, and he's kind of working his way through. But he's working his way through under this, this, this I want to say cloud because it's a bad word. Under this 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 caveat that Aaron Rodgers is supposed to be there, you're figuring it out, and they're kind of giving him that extra bump. They give him a solid extra bump. The Ritter Heineke piece is that Ritter isn't the play caller. The play caller clearly is the problem here because, like I said, if you if you would have called. Everything doesn't need to be complete. Sometimes I just need to get the safeties out of the box. Give them something to think about. You got Vance Vance Jefferson ran a route. He ran like a deep post route where he beat the corner that was in cover three and the safety. The throw just was off. Well, that you can mark that up to chemistry between Vance Jefferson and Ritter. But if you call that play for me again, in the same game, I can recount to the second quarter throw that I made that just was a little off. And Vance and Desmond can have a conversation like, yo, I think we're going to call this again on our second possession in the third quarter. So when you get here, don't flatten out the route just yet. Just mm-hmm. run it deeper, and I'm going to throw it 
I'm gonna throw it to the F in the Falcons end zone. Like so, like if you get here, if you if you split these two defenders again, I'm gonna throw it to the F. Just run there. That way they're on the same page. But they never called anything like that again. But yet they kept calling the pistol formation with the full back to the front and to the right of Ritter, right behind the guard, in between the guard and tackle, and Bijan Robinson behind Ritter or Tyler Jill behind Ritter on the left or the right. And it, it wasn't working. And it wasn't working pre-snap because I was saying it wasn't going to work. But they were doing it every first down. Every every bad run play they had. The reason they had 26 rushes for 88 yards and only 26 rushes is because we were at second and nine almost every single time in the second half that they ran on first down. But when they were inside the five and Drake London went up the sideline, they got a completion and all side all in the same play. And they went from like the seven to the 42 yard line. And it's like, okay, now you got the that pass completion on first down and a penalty because it discombobulated. Mm-hmm. Run something like that again. It doesn't <clears throat> have to always get yards, but it gives you something to see. So I saw Vance Jefferson run that route. They never called it again. But the routes that weren't working and the runs that weren't working, they kept calling that. Just was like, especially against such a porous secondary. Like you know, the secondary is Washington's weakness of their defense. They had they had guys that were starters the week before that were coming off the bench this week. So as soon as they put, so Kyle Pitts caught a touchdown. Mm-hmm. It's about a twenty some yard touchdown. There was two cornerbacks. One guy was in trail coverage right on Pitts's hip. And number 36, Johnson or something like that, he was underneath. And neither one of them played the ball. And Pitts caught a touchdown. (coughs) And I'm like, that's what they're going to do if you throw it beyond 20 yards. And they didn't throw a single throw like that for the rest of the game. Yeah, it's it's weird, you know, because like Sam Howell, you know, the numbers don't look that great. I mean, you know, he had some touchdown passes, but, you know, he also got sacked five more times, you know, so now he is on pace not only to break David Carr's single-season record, but to break it by 20. You know, saying Calais Campbell, congrats, 100th sack of his career. You know, uh, but when they I look wasted, at Washington... They wasted the defense game. But, but Washington didn't run the ball effectively either. You know, Atlanta's defense held Washington down and made Howe make plays. He just didn't have to make that many. Yeah. You know, Watch, and Atlanta's defense like top seven in the league, though. Yeah. And 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 you know, so I think that going forward, I just don't know what to expect because every time I watch a Falcons game, you know, and these things happen, I say to myself, because we both picked them to win the division. So so I say to myself, okay. Next week, you know, they saw, you know, what happened today isn't going to happen next week. And then they, they'll they play a good game. Like, um, they played Detroit pretty good for the most part. Like, they, they lost, but, you know, they looked better. So then when they went to London and was playing Jacksonville, you know, it was like, okay, Jacksonville is in a rut, you know. And, and then they just went back into their shell. 
you know, the, and the, the, the coaching, the like Green Bay, the Green Bay game should have been the, the catalyst. The problem with the Falcons is that the expectation, I won't speak for them, but I did. Arthur Smith has coached 40 games for the Falcons. He's 17 and 23. Six of those games, they scored more than 28 points. And in those games, they are like five and one. But that's six out of 40 games Mm -hmm. where you didn't get a touchdown per quarter. And I get that 28 points a game is a lot. I get that most teams that are averaging like 27-7 is like normally like the league. Like you're in the top three or four in the league at the end of the year if you're averaging 27.7, 28 points a game. But you get the ball a couple times a quarter. He does not have a, a, a play calling philosophy that stresses the defense to the point where you're going to get run after catch passes consistently. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is a lot of curls. A lot of out routes, curls, out routes, flat passes, curls, out routes. So if the defense stays home, like you want B. John Robinson to make one guy miss while the guard or the tackle comes out and blocks a skill position defensive player like a safety or something like that. It's like you want way too much to happen for this play to work versus looking at like, does this safety play out of position a lot? And the, how good is this corner? So run routes to that adversely affect their play style. And he doesn't do that. If And Matt Ryan was talking about it. He was like, and he was being politically correct with it because at some point his name is going to be in the ring of honor. He doesn't want to just come in Atlanta and just right. dump all over. Yeah. <laughs> but what he was saying, he was like, when Atlanta was down 24-10, he was like, Arthur Smith is going to stick to his game because Matt spent the year getting sacked every third down because on first down, it would get stuffed. And then on second down, it would be incomplete. So now on third down, it's third and 10 or third and nine all season long. And it's like third and down, third and nine, third eight, 37, third and 10. Where they say the phrase is defensive ends pin their ears back because mm-hmm. they know you're not going to run anything up the middle. You're going to throw it. And they never addressed the offensive line. So he was getting molly for 17 games under Arthur Smith. And he knows. This guy will not change up anything. He's going to keep running this same bogus stuff that was getting me rocked two years ago, that was getting Mariota rocked last year, and is getting Ritter rocked this year. People were ready to get rid of Ritter, and I was like, he might be good. When Ritter gets on the edge and he scrambles and uses athleticism, he's good. I'm not calling design runs, but I'm like, little stretch play action to the left, Roll him out and get him 12 yards behind a line of scrimmage where he can just throw the deep crossing route to Scotty Miller, who is one of the fastest players in the NFL. Well, speaking like, of Scotty nope, Miller, route. well, speaking of Scotty Miller, I'm interested. <laughs> I'm interested. My my interest is peaked because they play Tampa this week. 
So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But I just wanted to let America know I had a Brian Horrier sighting this weekend. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt yet again. And, you know, Brian Horrier. on a blitz. It was, yeah, it was I had to go to the state. hospital. Yeah. So, uh, but now, but obviously the Raiders won that game against New England. But the question is, is it time? Is it time to put the dog out of its misery? You talking about shoot Bill behind the stadium, behind yes. Gillette? Yeah. Is it time to just take him out back and just, you know, he'll never be the same again. Like, I don't want to see you end up this way. So I'm just going to pull the plug so I don't have to watch this. Go in the towel. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think with Bill, the, the gift and the curse is that he's had so much success and yes, he had Tom Brady, and we are, and every week that passes, we are, we are creating space between the Tom Brady goat debate and insert any other quarterback. I don't want to hear it; it doesn't exist. Not Aaron Rodgers, not Joe Montana, not Dan Marino, not Donovan McNabb. Not Nick Foles, not Eli Payton, <laughs> not Brian Hoyer, not Jimmy Garoppolo, not Joe Namath. It is Tom Brady all alone at the top of whatever crest you want to talk about, the mountain, top of the list. So, so what I you're mean, saying is Tom Brady is Everest. Tom Brady is Everest, and all of y'all are dying on the way up, being escorted by Sherpas. Trying to get to the top is not happening. But with that being said, I'm not trying to diminish Bill Belichick's capability as a coach, but because there's only so much a coach can do. Coach can have a great philosophy, like I said to you before the our, you know, in our pregame. A coach can have a great philosophy, but he can't take his 11 starters out and put 11 practice squad players in and just implement his strategy defensively or offensively right and have it work you still need the player so it, it is a marriage but even in that marriage if you make fifty thousand a year and your spouse makes a hundred and seventy five thousand dollars a year and you go on vacation we're not going to say you're fifty thousand dollars a year pay for that vacation let's be realistic the fact that you have someone who's making a hundred seventy five thousand dollars a year is how you and your kids went to disney for spring break you went to cancun for the end of the school year and then you you know you were in europe for august because that's when all the europeans go on to break your fifty thousand dollars contributed yes they paid some bills it paid for some lunches it paid for some jordans it did contribute but realistically mm -hmm. when it boils down to it the hundred and seventy five thousand dollar chunk that's put into the budget probably paid what? for these a lavish so the top elite greatest of all time quarterback did a lot to well, the problem is your defensive legacy too. I think the problem is, you know, of course, him being the GM, the problem is their drafts, you know, like he always drafts the dude, you know, he's the real two five, you know, he'll draft a lineman I'll, from Montana that nobody heard of. Yeah. In the because first he round. has good feet. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, but in the end, cream rises to the top. You're in a division. With Josh Allen, you know, and Stefan Diggs, Tua with his gang of compliments, 
you know, you got well, they Aaron gave up five picks to get Tyreek Hill and still drafted Jalen Waddle. If yeah, Bill Belichick would have made that move to get Tyreek Hill. I don't think he still goes and gets Jalen Waddle to compliment Tyreek Hill. I think he would just get Tyreek Hill and it's like Tyreek can do this. He can do this. Let me go get my linebacker. Now let me go get this guy who could do these other things that I need him to do. Like, yeah. Nah, sometimes so, so I mean, you might need to win a game 31 to 28 and be I mean, good and with, with, that. with all things considered, just going back to last year with uh Matt Patricia calling the plays. They were still competitive and knocking on the door of the playoff. So obviously he can coach. You know, it's not a coaching thing per se. It's just that they just don't have the talent. I mean, their big pickup this offseason was what? Zeke? You know, Zeke looked like an offensive guard out there running the ball. And, and, and they let Jacoby Myers go. They re Yeah, they brought in Parker. Juju. They brought in Juju, who shout out to Colin Cowherd. I don't want to, I want to take credit for you. He was like, they they re-signed Parker, they let Myers go, and they signed Juju, and none of them can separate. Sometimes, if you think about the quarterbacks in the league right now, if we go east to west, I think Josh Allen has a great relationship with Stephon Diggs. That works. Kirk Cousins, Jefferson, that works. Justin Fields is getting that feel for DJ Moore, but even with that, DJ Moore has to be NFL wide open, which is right. a yard and a half or two yards. Right. Open in the NFL, they talk about it every draft. You'll you'll hear it next April when the draft comes around. They're like, and open in the NFL is a half a yard to a yard. That's open. Wide open is a yard and a half to two. Whereas you think about quarterbacks right now, Drake May is probably throwing his deep post route to wide open wide receivers. Caleb Williams is throwing his, like Sam Hartman threw that deep post route against USC. And that guy was probably was like a yard and a half or two yards open. And in college, that looks like a great throw because he's not wide open. It's like, oh my God, what a great throw where he saw it. In the NFL, that's probably the best you're going to get on that play in that situation. And I don't know if Matt trusts, cause he said a phrase in his press conference and it was telling, and I don't know if it's a matter of he, his, his, his connection to the locker room, but it's very telling. He was like, I, I want to win. You know, I like to win. I do everything I can to win. And I'm paraphrasing this, but he said this, I'm trying to bring these guys with me. Oh, Mac Jones is the backpack guy. He was like, I'm trying. He's like, I do everything I can to win every week at prep. He's like, we're not seeing it because we're not getting wins, but I do everything I can to win. And I'm trying to bring these guys with me. So like he just bought his ticket out of New England. It sounds like he feels (laughs) as if I wish I would have stayed at Alabama with my COVID eligibility because. Michi and Devontae Smith got open and Jameson Williams got open and Najee Harris got open and these guys don't. And it's, t- it's tough to be a quarterback because even uh, to digress, <coughs> excuse me, Baker Mayfield said, we sucked today. I sucked. You know, it just was all bad. 
he could have kept the we part out. My son, like I said, my son plays quarterback. I think he's going to go forward with that position. I was like, listen, dog, this is the phrase. When you guys win, those guys did great jobs at XYZ. When you lose, I didn't do my part to get us victory. Mm -hmm. I'm like, take it from the school of Eli Manning, Kurt Warner, Peyton Manning. It's like, it's like I'm giving you media training before you think you need it. He kind of sits in the past and see like, what the hell are you talking about? I'm like, trust me, dog. I don't just talk because my voice is sultry. I talk because I know what I'm talking about. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I always say that about Brian Kelly. Like, you know, when he loses, even when he was at Notre Dame before he got to LSU, they would lose games and he would say, you know, the guys didn't execute. Or, you know, hey, like, if our tight end would have, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, we, you, you called that play. I didn't put these guys <laughs> in position to make the right, best plays. Right. You know, they work hard all week to come out here and win and on Jimbo Saturdays. You know, Jimbo and does that a lot. I didn't put them in position they, to, to make winning plays. Last year, there was a game where they asked Jimbo about his offense. Like, you know, uh, and he was like, the plays are good. We just got to execute it. You know, it was uh, just like, same okay. thing with Zach Wilson when they asked him, when someone asked him, did he? That oh, game. The, I think the, it was the New yeah. England game. New England game, yeah. Do you think you you let the defense down? He was like, no. He just yeah. kept going. You hold three like, points, you know. So my fourteen year old son, I am teaching. Do not say but that. But hey, speaking of Zach Wilson, you know one of the one of the victories of the week. The Jets take down the Eagles. You know the Eagles Sirianni and the 49ers. And- Sirianni just isn't mature. He's not a mature dude. He's the Eagles and the 49ers lose in the same day. I mean, it's we, we talk about the odds. Most NFL odds are in possession. Because the talent, like I said, the talent is there. Like it's, I'll, I'll, it's, it's just I'll, what position is across the board. Right. It's right. just what position, where do you have a superstar? Every team has a guy that is unequivocally a superstar. So if you look at the Chiefs, the Chiefs wide receiver core isn't better than Chicago's, but their quarterback is a superstar compared to the Chicago quarterback. Atlanta's defensive front has Grady Jarrett, Calais Campbell. Washington has their defensive front. Uh the Rams have Aaron Donald. That's mm-hmm. their – that's every team has – Cleveland has Miles Garrett who gets almost – I don't want to say disrespected because that's that, I don't think that's the word, but I don't think people recognize how great of an athlete. No, he just plays for the Browns. So the we associate like – One-step drop dunks. He plays basketball all season <laughs> at like 280, 290 pounds, and he just dunks. You like know, it's like, like it's like when you nothing. go to the psychiatrist, you know, and you play the the, the word relation game, and it's go Cleveland Browns. You just go suck, you know. Like that's just how it is, you know. What and I that's mean? kind of uh, part of their own problem since they came back from the expansion. They haven't had a, a ton of playoff success, or just in general. But yeah, but, like like uh, but yeah, they uh, we'll get to them in a second. But uh, let's stay on Philly for a second, you know. So like, I was watching this game, and. It was just so confusing because there's times where I see Zach Wilson actually look like a decent quarterback. 
Like if if like they have weapons, you know, or at if least they have his feet. If you set your feet, you have a good enough arm. You can be a dis- decent quarterback. Yeah, they they have Garrett Wilson, you know. Uh, but Jalen Hurts, you know, uh, two hundred eighty-five or two hundred eighty yards, twenty-eight of forty-five, a touchdown and three picks. Even though one of those picks was the screenplay to Goddard, you know, like it looks like he got stripped and Quentin Williams ends up with the ball for his first career interception, but. It made me think of Chris Paul. You know, we talk about players like him and Steve Nash where do I just want to let them get there? So, like, do I want Jalen Hurts to feel and try to win the game because it neglects everything else? Because he threw 45 passes, but as a team, they only ran it 22 times. He led the team in rushing attempts. And... That was, you know, that they've only lost that game this year, you know, so there's no blueprint just yet. You I, think know, the, but- I think the issue is, I think, I think the reason you have that question, I, I don't want to just put words in your mouth or whatever, or like, you know, infer anything. But I think the reason you have that question in the same way as we get to San Francisco Cleveland is that mm-hmm. I don't think many people picked realistically, like, in our conversation, we both picked the Jets to lose. Mm-hmm. We both picked Cleveland to lose. And we picked mm-hmm. the Jets to lose because we felt like the quarterback for the Jets couldn't match up against the defense of the Eagles. And we felt like uh, the backup quarterback for Cleveland couldn't match up with the defense of San Francisco. So I think we were all just enamored with these two top five and oh potentially rematch NFT championship teams to the point where we kind of forgot the fact that you lose a play here or a couple of bad mistakes here or, or a penalty here, you even out the talent. So Brock Purdy throws an interception, even with all that talent on the field, it negates the you know, McCaffrey, Debo, Samuel, Trent Williams part because it's like our defense on Cleveland is so good that we're just trying to create. You throw, I mean, you throw yeah, pass, they got two picks. Yeah, you throw, you throw a pass to Kittle and we pick it off. It's like, it's cool that you got these other guys over here, even if they don't get injured and come out the game. But it's like, we have the ability, if we make our timely plays, to negate your top players because we have the talent to match up. I think the difference is if you had a team like, for instance, who's a team that's kind of discombobulated, that's kind of like working through kinks. Uh, I was going to say the Chargers, but you know, uh, like New England, like New New England's working through it. So if you have a team like if right now, like not I know early in the year they were kind of figuring it out, but then injuries happen. But if Philly, if New England plays a five and one team of New England played the Chiefs this Sunday. I know that that's not the case. You're not looking at New England as competitive with the Chiefs because New England doesn't seem to have a, a personnel group that could give the Chiefs fits, even if Mahomes throws a pick. Because if he throws a pick, you still got to send Mac Jones out there with the a below average wide receiver core and an average tight end group in a subpar offensive scheme. Mm-hmm. So that's so many different elements that just don't work out. Whereas Cleveland, you know, like, listen, 
we don't do anything cute and we have a backup quarterback. So we take the ball away. We can give it to Hunt. Mm-hmm. And if we can't score we'll with run that, this clock on you. <laughs> we'll run this clock on you. We got the rain on our side. Our team is built for this weather, whereas your team is kind of built for 70 degrees and sunny. Mm-hmm. And they lose players. So I, I think it just you're adjusting on the fly. Like San Francisco adjusting on the fly to not having superior offensive talent, whereas Cleveland's kind of like, oh, we and I mean, and, and to be fair to San Francisco, you know, they had a chance with six seconds left to win the game. Yeah. You know, their kicker missed his first field goal of the season. You know, uh, Brock Purdy, 12 of 27. So, worst you know, a game lot of, of his people, career. Worst game since of, Iowa State. Yeah, a lot of people got some satisfaction out of that, you know. Because Unnecessary. The, Unnecessary. Because when the 49ers lose, it. he's going to be the reason why, yeah. you know. Um, and, I like, I don't know. Like, when I look at Brock Purdy, I don't understand what people want. Like, is it the fact that he plays for a franchise like San Francisco, whereas if he played for, like, Detroit and was doing okay, maybe, like, we're not having the same conversation or – you, you you know like is is it just the fact or or is it the fact that Jimmy G took them to a Super Bowl and there are people out there that are thinking nah, why didn't they just keep Jimmy G I don't, like, I don't, I don't know I, I think I think what with Brock Purdy is that like think about like a rapper we'll, we'll use rapper terms J Cole is J Cole and Drake came out really popularity wise around the same time whereas j cole has continued to be more of a like an articulate rapper just kind of make you think introspective the beats are different drake has gone like the full party route he's kind of adopted all these different styles and everything Mm -hmm. else each one of them is successful J. Cole has put out great albums, Grammy nominations, Grammy victories, BET Awards, Image Awards, um, his acclaim in the street. All these things are accolades that can be bestowed on a person through their art. Drake has sold a lot of records. He's been a lot of places. He basically can drive like this, this cultural phenomenon. But if you don't like the way Drake got his rise and you're a J. Cole guy, Nothing that Drake can do is going to work for you. So if you are a Brock Purdy guy, and I'm like, yo, I think he's done a good job using the weapons that he has around him. Because I go back to the same adage of like a lot of these teams have these same weapons. The the I'll go with the I think the commanders could run Shanahan's offense with their skilled players and get the same type of results between the I think Logan Thomas is not as dynamic of a as a receiver as Kittle, mm-hmm. but the fact he used to be a quarterback and he's athletic and he's a I think he's a bigger target than Kittle. I, I think, think he's like six seven. Yeah, I think you can give him a, some of those other routes where his athleticism won't get him open, but his sheer size matched up on a safety or a linebacker is going to get you the same thirteen yards that Kittle can get you. I think Debo Samuel and then uh, Terry McLaurin, McLaurin, I think they can get you the same thing. So Dotson and I use route running. Mm -hmm. So if you put that, I mean, Brian Robson came back from getting shot in two weeks and played. So you have talent. It's just a matter of like, how do you employ it? 
I just think San Francisco employs their talent around their line, their quarterback, and their skill positions better. Because I, I hear this argument uh, about the, the Buffalo Bills, Sean McDermott hasn't fixed your offensive line. It's like, is the offensive line really that bad? Or does the quarterback, coach, play calling, philosophy not marry up? And now you got offensive linemen who should expect to block for three and a half seconds. Well, I mean. Blocking for 4.25 to five seconds. Well, I mean, they're definitely running the ball this year. And they're not running effectively. Are they not running effectively because they don't have a good offensive game plan? The offensive offensive game plan. Who needs to just open game? up holes. Like it has to be schematically designed. Like if I'm pulling a guard, if I'm pulling my my left guard to the right side for a stretch play, then this like someone has to chip down so that this defensive tackle doesn't blow the whole play up. So if this if schematically if it doesn't work, it looks like my offensive line is bad. Like no, you're calling a play. And then you're having the offensive line not function to where the play is the most effective. The Aaron Rodgers, when he got his uh, Achilles, uh, when he popped his Achilles, Dwayne Brown went to cut that defensive tackle because the ball is supposed to be out quick. That's the play. Aaron doesn't get the ball out. Now he's scrambling for his life. If he just gets the ball, if the block is more effective and the play calls, it works out and he gets the ball out, then he gets then they they go on to the next play, but because he didn't do that, now he's scrambling for his life and his Achilles pop, and the whole so who, season has changed. Who needs so to run effectively? Who who needs to run effectively when all you need is a ref to not call a hold in the end zone? Listen, you got nine points. <laughs> it's still a penalty. Like regardless, if you I got three it. points, you got six Never points. Never in the hands of the ref. You know that it's still you know like everybody's got a job to do. My job is to try to win the game. You know, I forced, I put pressure on the defense to force a pass interference. It is your job to throw yeah. the flag. Okay, they called the pass interference in the play before that. That wasn't. So you got that break. <laughs> you, you, like if they didn't call, if they didn't call the pass interference to give you the play from the one, I'd be like, yeah, Waller well, so, got held. So what was that at the end of the half, though? The end of the half, the part that part I missed, like I said, I was still on my way back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what yeah, so- I, w- I was talking to a mom yesterday at my my son's JV game, and what I said to her is like, I get that everyone's out here playing. The players know the rules, the refs know the rule, the coaches know the process, everything else. <clears throat> but I think at some point, it has to be like clear. I'm not a big micromanager; it's not my thing. But if I want one thing done a particular way, I'm going to get you all together. I'm like, listen, we got to do this. So this is what we have to do. On this possession, we have 12 seconds left. We are throwing two passes into the end zone quickly. You offensive tackle, you got to do this. Pew, you got to get out of your stance quicker because – we know you're the backup. We're going to give you some chip help, whatever. It it can't just be – I can't just give you the concept. I got to give you what I need you to do. i give you a prime example. I know I talk about the Falcons a lot, but this is one of the things that I think about a lot as far as like when I think about coaches and coaches' mistakes and whatever the case may be. 
when the Falcons play the Patriots in Super Bowl at 28-3 comeback, when the game was tied at 28 and they were punting the ball, Belichick, Edelman was back to receive the punt. And it was only going to be like maybe 12 seconds, maybe 14 seconds left in the game. So it was something along those lines. Belichick walked out, got his attention, and said, no matter what, just fair catch it. Because we don't have enough time to hope you can break one. Because mathematically, it's not likely. What's more likely is I throw a deep shot and get a pass interference. It's more likely than you returning a punt for a touchdown. So he walked out and was like, call the fair catch. Sometimes coaches have to be that precise. Don't just give the concept. Just say, right now, under 10 seconds, I want two throws into the end zone. Don't scramble. I want This is the play call I want. This is the type of play call that I want. And if we can't get it, we'll kick a field goal. But if you just give them two plays and just hope they make the decision based off their base knowledge, then you can't chew them out because you didn't give that person what you exactly what you need in that moment. Because, like I said, I get that giving people delegating tasks creates managers, delegating responsibility creates leaders. At some point, as a leader, you have to recognize like this is not one of those. This is not a teaching moment. This is me. This is a followership moment. Follow what I'm telling you so we can be successful. And I th- if you don't do that, then that's on you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'll see, you know, like, especially like that was just shocking with the, you know, such a veteran quarterback, you know, but, you know, it is what it is. So, you know, as we wrap this up, you know, we get into some college football. Only so long. Fake tees can be saying. Shout out. It's only so long. What what did I say last week? You know, I'm not trying to do the Barry Horowitz pat on the back thing. But I said that at some point, playing with fire is going to burn USC. You know, um, the reason that I picked Notre Dame to win that game. Oh, by the way, how funny is it? You know, I picked Louisville to beat Notre Dame. They do it. Then they come out and lose the pit by 17 the next week, you know, but, you know, but, but anyway, but, uh, you know, but Notre Dame, this was the first defense that USC played that was going to be able to generate, as I like to call it, I'm making something up here, the correct pressure. Like some teams get pressure. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. The correct pressure. Yeah. So some teams try to find. They try to find the pressure. Like, they'll bring an extra blitzer from the outside. They might bring a safety down. You know, all these things to try to confuse the quarterback. So you got somebody like Caleb Williams who thrives on chaos. You know, like, the more you throw at him, the better he's going to be. He just reacts that way. That's why he gets – Are y'all hearing this? Listen, are y'all hearing this? That, that's why – This that's is why how he gets Mike to... talks all the time. This is not a – this. listen, I'm giving him his flowers – Hire this man. I didn't know much about college football. I started watching this year. Hire Mike Wilson. <laughs> UTSA, UTEP, whoever Rice called. Like, I'm telling you, Hit me he up, knows man. what he's Hit talking up, about. We, we've had that's the, our conversations offline are very more in-depth. We try to keep the show kind of condensed. Mike talks about this all the time. Low-key, I'm starting to just kind of agree with him. 
and just pick the teams <laughs> that he's picking. And every once in a while, I branch out. But when he's talking about that correct pressure, the end of the game, you know, granted, it was the game was out of hand, but the the pressure that they were putting on Caleb Williams is like they per it, it felt as if they perfectly timed the inside pressure between in the a gaps between the, the center and the guard on each side of the guard the center shoulders and then they were doing stunts that were going around so they would push up that gap to make him want to do the the Mahomes, like what Mahomes kind of made famous. I'm not sure if many quarterbacks done it before where you kind of do that, this big loop and you get your shoulders square around. But what he was doing with the big loop, he was looping right into these guys who were stunting, which is basically like a, like a loop on their own. So like the, the mm-hmm. defense was looping as they were getting the push up front and they would loop around. So when he was trying to, you know, you know, drop into the pocket and look, get his shoulders around. They were right there, especially in those known passing downs. So as I was watching the game, I was like, Mike is right again. The whole every everything that happened, I was like, he's right again, because it's exactly as you as you laid out all the scenarios of like, this is how it could go wrong for USC. I was like, it's happening again. Well, well, like the problem is that, like, you know, this is why I'm always like upset about scheduling because there wasn't anybody that USC played that prepared them for this, you know, like there just wasn't, you know? And I think that, I mean, when I look at this, right. So how do you upset a team that you have no business beating one, you got to force turnovers, you know, Notre Dame forced five turnovers. Notre Dame scored 48 points. They ran 49 plays. Now, one of those, <laughs> now one of those was a 99-yard kickoff return. You know, and one of those was a was a fumble return. Two of their touchdown drives, because of USC turnovers, two of their touchdown drives, one was two yards, one was 12 yards. And then they got a field That's goal 28 off. 28 points off of a turnover kick return and 14 yards of offense and That's then, 28 points and then they got a field goal off of a nine yard drive you know so 31 points off of 23 plays or whatever 23 yards so 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 you know that's where the upset happens because usc gets into holes or they play around with their food if you will and then their offense turns into Caleb, make it happen. So, like, I meant to say this when we were talking about the NFL, so I'll just say it now, and it'll be the same thing because it's still like Caleb Williams. Like, Justin Herbert, you know, the Chargers play like they're a Big 12 team. And, like, literally they have two they have two conversations in their huddles. One, the first conversation is, Justin, we're going to make you the first 6,000-yard quarterback in NFL history. The second conversation is, there's no way the defense will think that we'll actually throw it again on this play. So, so when I look at USC, that's what they do is like, all right, Caleb, you got us out of that one. You scrambled around, you bootlegged on your own. We didn't even call it. And you found a receiver because the corner or whoever reacted to you. All right. So Caleb, 
whatever just happened, do it again. And that's the offense. You know what I mean? And that's why he wins the Heisman. Well, that's why he won the Heisman because he had to do so much because, you know, he came from Oklahoma with Lincoln Riley. And when he first got his, I guess, claim to fame. Spencer Radler and Caleb Williams on the same roster. Yeah. And they were getting their asses kicked. They were getting their asses kicked in the Red River. And Lincoln Riley goes gets this freshman. And Caleb Williams comes and wins the game. And we knew, like, a star was born. So so when they lost Lincoln Riley, we was like, oh, man, what's Oklahoma going to do? When they lost Caleb Williams, we said, oh, shit, Oklahoma's in the shitter. But obviously they're back this year or whatever. But point yeah. being, you, you know, you know, but the point being is that, you know, Notre Dame is a team that they play every year. So Notre Dame is familiar with them. And Notre Dame has a defensive head coach that played linebacker. So, and Notre Dame also gets three, four, and five star talent. Yeah, even if the, even if they're not ready for, I know five stars are probably limited. Depends on like if it's the ESPN three six three hundred or mm-hmm. Rivals or Max Prep, whatever the case. So that, I know the five star is limited. But if I mean, if you think about a five star, you know, defensive end out of some school in Missouri. Versus a five star out of Ohio, I'm pretty sure their numbers are very similar. And Notre Dame is getting one of those kind of players, right? Right. So they're getting top players. Just watching that game, um, like I said, I stream a lot of games on my phone because I was, you know, I, I tend to drive on, you know, on, on the weekends and kind of be around. But I, I sat here and I, I was watching on my TV, and I just was watching Caleb Williams. I know we don't like to think that a kid that comes in preseason potentially number one NFL pick and we want to break it down this game doesn't I still think he is the number one pick but I think a game like this is going to kind of bring caution to him being number one pick because I look at it like he was under complete duress for so much of that game. But there was probably like five or six plays where he extended it in the pocket with footwork and calmness in this chaos and was able to, like the touchdown he threw to Brendan Rice. He threw, he threw a pass to Brendan Rice that got dropped. And then the next play, Brendan Rice ran like a like a like a fade to the corner and he looked back and wasn't there. So he doubled back. And then Caleb was kind of navigating in the pocket, slid to his left, and like underarm, sidearm through the pass to Brendan Rice in the end zone. And that was like a play after a drop. So that kind of thing lets me know, okay, he has a short memory. He trusts his skills. He can navigate in these little chaotic areas, and he can make it happen. The problem is you learn a lot from losses. College football, you're not allowed to lose. So I think he'll still be, like, the number one pick, but they have to win out. And we talked about you got to check the schedule. Mike talked about it before. This stretch for USC – they should if if you're a team that has 
a number one pick or top defense or you're going to be preseason top eight, nine, ten, whatever the case may be, you have to start modeling the way you build your schedule after these other teams that are perennially in the top five, the LSU schedules, the Clemson schedules, even Notre Dame to some extent, the Alabama schedules is where he's like, they probably should have played Notre Dame. I know normally the rivalry game used to be in November. Well, see, this is the thing. Let me stop. They you probably should have played them a little earlier so, if they let could me stop have. You for a quick second. So, so, so the reason why that is is because normally when Notre Dame goes to USC, they play them late in the season. Like you know, they play them usually either the next to last game before UCLA. Sometimes they play them after UCLA, but. USC comes to Notre Dame now because of the weather, you know, because they don't want to come there. They want to beat the cold. Right, right. So so that's why it never matches when they play year to year. You know, so 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 like but they the problem play them after they play a team like you play like a rice or you play a right. But, but see this is but this is the UCSA problem. or something like that. But this is the problem. U- USC played uh, Nevada, you know, San Jose State, you know, even in their uh, Pac-12 game, you know, they, they were playing Arizona and Arizona State and Colorado. So it's not as if they played, say, Oregon State or Washington State. But that they're going necessarily- to play them like they, they have their stretch now where they have Utah next week. But that's the problem. So that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. Notre Dame, then San Jose State, and then Utah. Because Utah, and we, we talked about this a lot because, you know, you, me, Mike and I have been in Utah forever. We, You can talk about the size of an NFL player. And I got the water number like, oh, 6'5", 275. And you think you know a person in your life that's that's you don't you don't know a person in your life that's six five two seventy five or six three three oh five just, and if you do you know that one you know that <laughs> one person if you walked around from salt lake to provo you would see so many uh american samoa and polynesian just people walking around who fit that physical description just that many straight up Rikishi. and then you put them on a football team i'm talking about regular people you see at the mall you see them taking the booyah out doing a hyphy dance at the club these are just regular people now imagine taking those same guys and you put them in a byu utah well-funded weightlifting conditioning program that's what you have to compete to contend with when you're dealing with Utah football teams, even Utah State. Utah State plays a lot of teams tough because Logan is far if you're trying to travel from all over the country. But if you're traveling Utah, you'll make that hour and a half drive from wherever you're from to go watch your son play in Logan. You'll make that drive down to Provo if you're from Ogden and your kid's playing in Provo. It seems crazy far if you look on the map. So what USC, USC, for some reason, recruits a lot of California Polynesian places. A lot of guys with long hair coming out of their helmets. Mm-hmm. Utah recruits a lot of those players, too. They're normally older. They don't leave school early because they're not 
five stars come into college. They're normally one or two, three, maybe zero star players coming into college. So they spend two or three years getting that 18 year old body to mature to 21 years old by their senior year. And now that's your defensive seven. That's your, that's your friend is like a couple of defensive linemen who are six foot three Oh five and some linebackers. They, the, we'll, we'll talk about this. The, they had a safety for, for, for Utah this weekend, play running back. Utah has 300 yards rushing against Cal. The safety had 150. He played safety and he played running back in that game. He still had 150 yards rushing. He had a like a 70 yard run in the fourth quarter. He, he had no Heisman height like Travis Hunter, huh? He was playing both ways like <laughs> Travis Hunter. And in the fourth quarter, he ran away from the Cal defense to get a touchdown. And then Utah got the ball back and he ran some more. So if USC playing Notre Dame, I don't know if they can iron out those kinks without having a San Diego State in the middle. Well, without having, so without having a game where they can like just kind of play and get points and 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 execute because they so, might so the, get. So the good news is, you know, obviously we haven't seen Cam rising this year. You know, so the good news is, is that. Utah doesn't score very much nowadays. Like they put up 34 against Cal, but they but they generally don't score very much nowadays. But they you had know, they, they had 300 yards rushing. Maybe they but, maybe they're like you know what? Well, well I was going to say this is the problem though. You're USC, right? You got that bad defense. Utah in their last three games against USC averages 44 points. So, you know, all it takes is for a couple of those runs to break through and Utah gets to 27. Yeah, because if know. you think about the film, the uh, I, think I, I, I want to say his name, but I want to butcher it. Uh, number 28 for Utah. Like, I was trying, like, I got to lock in his name. I got to lock in his name because I wanted to bring it up, but <laughs> I, I didn't lock it in. But, oh, you talk about, um, you talk about uh, Vaki. Vaki. Uh, yeah, yeah, Vaki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So... I don't know how many handoffs he's taking this year, mm-hmm. and I don't know how much film USC has on him. But if they only have the Cal film, it's uh, yeah, we gotta we gotta get him to the ground. Like that's all you know because he was averaging ten and a half yards of carry. Well, Utah and just defense. Utah just has to be efficient. Like you know what I mean. They just have to hold on to the ball, but score eventually. You know, like do that three times, you have at least 21 points. You know, if, if you they, they got it, they got it treated the way they treated Florida, like coming out not necessarily the first play, but when that deep post route between the two, when it's there, you got it there, you got to take it. Oh, how about this? You ready? You got to hit them with the shock and awe. You know what I mean? Shock that's, and what, awe. that's what it is. But, but you know, hey, I've made two declarations this week. One, give Jared Goff the MVP. Two, go on and wrap up that Heisman for Michael Penix. Go on, go on and do that. You know because I mean he has a classic game. It just Dan Lennon went Brandon Stanley, but you know what? But I'm okay with it because that's what Dan Lennon does. Like he wasn't panicking. We're playing Washington. We have to do this, cheat the game, and get these. He that's Dan Lennon. It just didn't work. 
You know, yeah. there were a couple that, you know, of course, same thing, right? They lost by three. And he went for the touchdown before halftime instead of taking the three that was there. You know, before but why, halftime, I say take. I, no, I know, saying, I know, I know, like, but I'm, I'm just Andrew talking about Luck, the hindsight. James who said you can't go broke taking a profit. I get right. it. No, but I'm just talking about the, the, the hindsight. You know, it's easy. Yeah. They lost by three. It's easy to say if you got that field goal at halftime, we'd be in over whatever. So, 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 so both of Oregon's starting corners got injured, you know. So he went for it on fourth and three. Unfortunately, it happened to be at Washington's 47. So they didn't get it. And it took Michael Penix two plays to win the game. But Oregon still got it down there and had a chance to tie it with a field goal to go to overtime. They just missed it. So yeah. you know, so so um, so for all intents and purposes, it's play calling matches personnel. It's, this, it's, it matches personality and his personnel. So like this, you can't this fault is, it. This is why I will not criticize Dan Lanning. You know because you don't want to do the box score thing, right? But I don't want to criticize this team that had 541 total yards. They had 34 minutes of time of possession. And they had 32 first downs. You know what? They just got beat. They had nothing to do with the decision to, to go for this fourth down or that fourth it's, down. Yeah, so, like the players, the players make plays, and, and, yeah. we, and we talk about it all the time. Is like it's it's this it's a, the, this 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 balance of is it coaches? Is it coaching? Is it schematics? Right. Is it players? And sometimes it is a a gumbo of each. And sometimes it's just the gumbo doesn't win the contest. Mm -hmm. Like you can put it all together and it could taste great. And you put it out there and you put your little number on it and people get a bowl and they taste it. And it's like this gumbo just happened to be better than yours. Right. The problem comes in is like when you put too much salt in yours because you didn't follow the recipe that you should have followed because you butchered it because you weren't prepared. Right. You didn't give yourself enough time to stew it up and you showed up like that. That's clear when you get your ass, when you get your ass whipped. It's like, okay, you were not prepared. But if you yeah. lose a one possession game that's back and forth against a team that is when you when it's a pick them at every position, it's a pick them at offensive line, it's a pick them at defense, it's a pick up at your wide receiver core, it's a pick them at your run, running back core, then you just you just lose the game. But if you are like even the Notre Dame USC game. Notre Dame had two losses. USC didn't have any, but Notre Dame's loss to Ohio State, who was the top three team in the country, was on the last plays of the game, and they only had ten plays on the field. And they pretty much they had their stranglehold on that game the whole time. It's just that Ohio State made the plays to get the ball back for their offense. You know, it just it wasn't a matter of like these guys. It wasn't like a forty-eight to forty-four shootout. It was seventeen fourteen. You know, something like that. So. And then they, when they it, lost it, it to just, Louisville, it was coming off of three back, or that was their third primetime game in a row, second one on the road. Yeah, so I mean, it just it it happens to where sometimes another team just happens to win. You didn't oversalt the gumbo, right? Yeah, maybe it, with these decisions. If USC had played Oregon and Washington, they would have had two losses too, probably. You know, like it just benefits yeah, the schedule. Good. Teams are good. Like you have recruiting, you have money, you have the popularity. I think this year 
between the NFL and I know we're gonna we're gonna do more NBA talk. And as the baseball gets closer to the World Series, we'll have more conversations about the yeah, World Series. Philly two zero, Rangers two zero. And now hockey is back. You know, we'll, we'll start branching on our conversation. Ovechkin is coming for you, Gretzky. You know, I heard a crazy stat. I don't know if I said this in the pre. If we took away all of Gretz, shout out to Josh Wagner real quick uh, in our sports groups, Real Sports Talk 365. If you took all of Gretzky's goals away, he still would be number one all time in NHL in points. And I did the math. He'd still be up by like 68 points. If you took ridiculous. all of his goals, it just and you just went with assist. He ridiculous. still would be number one. Ridiculous. That's how good of a great of a, a player he is. That's how dominant he was. But like I said, we'll branch out our conversations more and more and more. But as far as the NFL, I think the NFL six games in, if you realistically polled 10 people who are real NFL fans, not people who just are homeless for their team, and you said, hey, man, give me your Super Bowl matchup. You had 10 people. Like... I know people probably wouldn't pick Detroit because historically they don't really fare well in the playoffs. But if someone told you Detroit, Miami, it would it wouldn't blow your mind. But someone was like, "Oh, I got I got the rematch with Kansas City and Philly." Like I think you could rematch rock with, with that. Kansas City and San Francisco. You got the rematch with Kansas City and San Francisco. Uh, you have. I don't know. I don't know how many people are on the Buffalo bandwagon. Not necessarily bandwagon, but I don't know how many people believe in Buffalo because mm-hmm. they do have you know some flaws here and there. But Miami is real. The Buffalo Jets got, can the Jets Buff- average eighteen points a week and win games eighteen to fourteen? Well, Buffalo got hit with a bunch of injuries. You know, Tredavious right out for the year. Milano was in the air cast. You know, so that hurt. That hurts them as well going forward. You know, so. Yeah, you know, and you know, but Master even in the game, what who's yeah. your final who's your four? Who's your four? Not hey, my four, the- my four is still alive, by the way. You know, saying like you know, my four is still alive. A lot of people yeah. your four, you know. like a real realistically, your four as a as a fan could be Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, Washington. That's well, a getting- real combination. I'm getting like nervous get, because get Oklahoma might Oklahoma might crash the party. Yo, you can get you can get realistically based off of because Oregon already has their loss to Washington. You know, maybe Washington slips up here, or, or maybe they play game. again in the Pac-12 title game. Maybe they play play again, but you can get Oregon, Oklahoma, Texas Georgia, still out there. Texas has one loss. You know, it just. Yeah. Because Texas plays Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship, and that's Oklahoma's first loss. Alabama slips up and they lose the Iron Bowl and they're out of it. You know, so it's just it's just a lot of different combinations. And I think fans we we clamor for the new different because everyone's trying to say, oh, it's scripted, it's scripted, oh, it's rigged. They only want the good teams to win. Detroit and Miami in the Super Bowl. I, Martin Scorsese couldn't write that script. It would be the best Super Bowl ever in Las Vegas. Best Super Bowl ever. I, I would call it right now. If they play, if that's the Super Bowl with MVP golf against runner up MVP Tua, you know, like there you go. 
you, you know, get another 38 35 Super Bowl. There you go. You don't have to worry about the rain and the grass because everybody indoors. happy but two five. But I'm it would be in, entertaining. I'm in Vegas at Cedar's Palace at the suite. I, I know <laughs> it's expensive, but I'm I'm booking it. I'm going. Like I'm gonna start setting aside, you know, a little thousand dollars a month between now and January anyway, just in case. Hey, you know what? I was actually thinking about this. I guess I'll ask you on air. You know, we need to make plans for uh USC LSU in Vegas to start next season. September? Yeah. We'll make it a birthday trip. It might even be August. It might be the last week of August. But yeah, in that weekend, but in that area though, yeah. But yeah, opening season against each other in Vegas. So, you know, I mean Caleb Williams won't be there. And Jaden Daniels might not be there. Yo, but you know check what I mean? It out. We might be doing a sports reports is ordered from Vegas. There you go. For the Super Bowl. Cause I know I know people who live there. We can just set our little camera up on the street. Yeah, and I'm going, and I, and I don't care. Come hella high water. If I'm on this earth next year, I'm going to Red River, you know. But uh, but before we get out of here, though, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to go rapid fire real quick. I'm going to run down my little college football isms from the week. You know, you chime in as you see fit, and then, we'll call, it, and then we'll call it a day. So, you know, I was talking all the stuff about Purdue's record against Ohio State. when Yeah, that didn't matter. Beat them like a video game. That ain't matter. How about Michigan? You know, gave up a touchdown to Indiana to start the game. Everybody said, what's going on here? And then Michigan scored 52 straight. They still have not had a defensive goal-to-goal situation yet this season. No one has had a first and goal against Michigan this season. Seven games in. Yes. Iowa, you know, for those of you tracking the numbers out there, we are seven games in. He's fired. They have scored 146 points, which means that they are averaging 20.8 points a game. And they got Minnesota this week. They're a five-and-a-half-point favorite at home. So I'm going to call that game something like 13-10. to 10. They, they beat Wisconsin 15-6 to 6 the other day. I'm going to call it – I'm going to give them 17-13 just to be <laughs> realistic, just to give them a, some, a couple of touchdowns for the fans. And then speaking of Iowa – you know, they have the fame of getting outdone by a fake punt because Missouri converted a fake punt on a pass for 39 yards against Kentucky the other day in one of my upsets, by the way. Congrats, Missouri. And uh, Iowa had 37 passing yards for the whole game against Wisconsin. 37 yards. That's Tebow levels right there. You know, um, so the good thing for, for Brian Ferentz, is they may get an extra game because you know they're in first place of the division man, he's now. Fired, man, you know, he's hey, fired. him and his dad are, are fired. They're done. You ain't gonna like, fire him at eleven and one if if they go to the Big Ten title game and even if they only get three hundred and two points, they lose. They lose the next two games. You know, I already mentioned Pitt over Louisville. How about that? So then, uh, you know what? Maybe Arizona is good. They went up to Pullman. And beat Wazoo forty-four to six. You know, the week after everybody gave USC. Arizona crap. has very, very, very good high school football. They do, it's, and a lot of that California is coming over there. A lot of California kids end up in the University of Arizona, but Arizona in and of itself has very no. That's good what I'm saying. Like people yeah. are moving from California to Arizona. And this is something I had a friend that grew up in Southern California. We were talking about this when he was in the Air Force. Shout out to Rob the Mexican. 
Uh, he played baseball. He was like, we could play baseball year round because the weather was always good enough to mm-hmm. be outside playing yep. baseball. So in Arizona, it's the same thing. You can constantly be outside with your high school teammates playing seven on seven, high school practices, clinics. You're never at a disadvantage with the weather. Here in Jersey, if you don't have access to an indoor facility from about December 15th to about February 28th, March 10th, somewhere in that range, you're potentially out there 25 winds and snow and everything else. But if you have access to an indoor facility, you're good to go. But if you live in Arizona, you're just outside. You're just outside. Same thing with Texas, California, Florida. That's why they always seem to have, because they can get that extra practice. And even if you're not in an organized team event, Mm -hmm. if like, you know, my son and four of his friends want to play quarterback for different schools, we can get them all out on the field. If I live somewhere where it's warm, Mm -hmm. but I don't have access to an indoor facility where they is going to let six people run routes. Whereas in Arizona, you can go to Mm -hmm. whatever field and run routes all year long. So, that's 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 a big advantage that people have like geographically. Yep. So yeah. now it's time for Jaden Delora to hit the transfer portal because I think Noah Fatita's taking over that job. Tez Walker, how about it? Against Miami, six catches, 132 yards, three touchdowns. And just think two weeks ago, the NCAA wasn't even going to let him play. You know, this is what they kept us from. And giving Drake May a weapon. You know, like, and they still got Clemson left this season. They still got Duke. They still got NC State. You know, look out for North Carolina. You know, they might start out 9-0 before they get to that Clemson game. You know, Rutgers. The top top five, sorry to cut you off, the top five NFL draft pick situation, trade, whatever, it's going to be crazy. Teams are going to be giving up a lot to get to four. They're going to give up more than what? Three or four. They're going to give up more than what Carolina gave up. They're going to give up more than what uh, Washington gave up to get RG3. There you go. You know, it's going uh, to be like one of those Mike Ditka situations where they just shut down <laughs> the draft. Because it's going to be it's going to be some teams that really, really make some crazy moves. But yeah. Yeah. You know, we got Rutgers, you know, one win away from bowl eligibility. I think they got Ohio State, Ohio State this week, right? No they, got in, no, they got Indiana this week, so they might just get it. And speaking of Ohio State, Mr. Rutley, this is the week. Penn State comes to Columbus. You know, so here we go. That's going to be tough, but knowing college football, I haven't even checked the times. It's going to be at like 3 o'clock. No, no, it's, it's the Big Ten uh, or the Fox Big Noon game. Oh, noon. Yeah. That's a primetime game. That is yeah. a nighttime under the lights prime time. Well, for whatever reason, they usually play early. They they have the occasional night game, but yeah, most of their games are in the daytime like this. Um, you know, but uh, you know, one one game away from bowl eligibility, they were down twenty four to six to Michigan State, and they turned it on and came back. Where you ever heard of Rutgers doing that? Urban you know? Meyer. So here is a plea. Many get it off my chest. Akron University, I didn't saw LeBron James give people scholarships, you know, for doing well, you know, all that kind of stuff. Akron kids and Akron youth and Cleveland youth, 
setting it up. Why ain't y'all hit up LeBron? Why y'all ain't hit up LeBron for some NIL? Why is Akron still terrible at football after all these years? That's my get it off my chest. Like I was playing NCAA 14 and I started a uh dynasty with Akron and you I made started up with Akron. Yeah, and I made up a fake storyline. I made up a fake storyline where I was like, yo, we gonna get LeBron to donate to our program. You know, like it was just all my imagination. And then I was just like, yo, why does real life not work like my mind? So yo, you know, <laughs> Utah got all the players driving little Dodge Rams. You know, Brock I know, I, yeah, I know the nuance is a little a little different because it's like a Somebody's paying for something. Yeah. The, I mean, I'm talking about the players. Like you, you cut somebody's cutting a check somewhere. I think they're all getting leased, but I think it might be one of those things where it's like if you come get pre you come get approved, we'll give you the lease. I think it's one of those like come and we'll get you squared away. I don't think it's like a matter of like, oh, you're on a team, here's your truck. Right. Yeah, it sounds good in the article, but like like I said, I tell people all the time, like, listen, I don't believe a lot of history now. I think a lot of it is just fabricated because I've seen stuff in, in HD right now that people argue. I'm like, okay, if you can't, you if you give me these stories from some dude, some general's journal, then I'm like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at it with an air of skepticism, you know, skepticism. So, yeah, but yeah, the NIL for Akron, the I Promise School, yeah, uh, yeah, D- D- LeBron, LeBron, hook up the hometown, man. He's you too know, busy and, going to Ohio State games where all the money is. He's already a Nike dude. You know, Brock Bowers, you know, unfortunately, is about to have ankle surgery if he hasn't had it already. It's the same surgery Tua had, you know. So Tua so only missed three weeks. Yeah, he will. Tua only missed three weeks, but this is the problem. Keep your eye on Georgia because I'm looking at the schedule. schedule. Because they're off this week. They got the cocktail party next week against Florida. That's a win. They got Missouri at home. They got Ole Miss. And then the big one in Knoxville. So can he get back for the game in Tennessee? You know, so keep your eye on Georgia. You know, rumors of Oklahoma State's demise were greatly exaggerated now that they done beat both Kansas schools. Uh, Shout out. Everybody gave Michigan hell for their out-of-conference schedule. Shout out to UNLV being five and one, you know, including a win over Vanderbilt. And then for my final note, you know, before I break down something else real quick, how about off we go into the wild blue yard? <laughs> Air Force is in the top 25, Flying ladies and gentlemen. The sun. <laughs> so here we go. So hold here on. We so, go. So here we go. This is it. Sorry. I get, I get hyped. It's in my blood. I know. I know. This is your pop <laughs> quiz for the week. This is your pop quiz for the here week. Here we go. Here we go. This so we, Air do every, Force. we can do this every week. So Air Force finished in the top 25 in 2019. They weren't ranked, and then they finished in the top 25. Like, they won the bowl game and got ranked in the final top 25. When was the last time Air Force was ranked in the top 25 during the regular season? Give me a time frame. No. <laughs> okay, right. it's, it's since we've been alive. How about that? Okay, all right. That, <laughs> that, that helps. That because I was like, okay. okay, I'm trying to think. I don't and Western know Kentucky called. done lost to Jacksonville State. Damn you, Rich Rod. Uh, 1997. 2010. Okay. 
you know, 2010. I just figured know. it was a while ago because we went you to know. the game. We went to the game in 2013. Yeah. And I left at halftime and we were drinking beer. Oh, yeah. There's no parking lot for the football stadium at the Air Force Academy. It's great. <laughs> it's well, it might be now. I don't seen. know. Like they're doing some remodeling. I, it seemed like they it was a big deal because what was it when we were deployed when we okay so we were deployed in 2012 2013 i remember seeing an afn commercial afn is armed forces network for people who don't know look up the commercials on youtube they're great it's it's the greatest series of commercials ever because when you're overseas there's no advertisement so they play like commercials about getting the will stop smoking DUIs, you know DUIs, and uh, you get all the ufc and all that for free you get all ufc and everything for free all the football you get like three or four football games on but i remember one of the the commercials was talking about the air force academy saying how was it was the largest air force base by land because like they they, they count you know the mountains and everything associated with the academy as a base Right. And I think they, I think the parking lot being just this grass field was part of like the allure of the mountainous and they probably didn't cover it, but it, it will give you a headache. Like if your allergies are, if your allergies are, you know, on the fence, don't go to Colorado. Yeah, they're, push supposed your to be, they're supposed to be renovating. So, you know, but before we get out of here, you know, my damn Hilltoppers lost to Jacksonville State. Damn you, Rich Rod. Liberty is still undefeated for you Virginians out there. You know, uh, we Western Virginia. We, uh, my cousins well, graduated from there. They got master's degrees. They Thursday have a great master's degree program at Liberty. For all you Virginians, Thursday night, tune in. James Madison at Marshall. But, uh, you know, but yeah, so real quick, just, you know, before we get out of here, this is what we got this weekend. We got Air Force and Navy, you know, so, you know, commanders, prime time, prime time. We got Duke. We got Duke coming down to Tallahassee. You know, we'll see if they bring their quarterback with them. We got Utah at USC. We got Penn State at Ohio State. You got Dylan Gabriel playing against his former team, UCF. You know, we got Rutgers going for bowl eligibility against Indiana. You know, we got the third Saturday in October, Tennessee coming into Tuscaloosa. You know, fresh off that win last year, you know, it's hard to beat Nick Saban twice. Even though they had a false start on the kick that they They didn't call her. False start on the kicker. You look, check the video. Shout out to Nick Saban. We got Texas going to Houston, playing them for the first time since 2002. They've only played three times since the SWC broke up. We got Ole Miss at Auburn. Hugh Freeze against his former team. You know, Army, I'm going to just pray for y'all as y'all go into Baton Rouge. I don't know how that game got to be a Saturday night game, but, you know, we got Clemson. Army, LSU. Yeah, we got Clemson. We got Clemson going down to Miami. You know, saying it didn't top it off. We got Colorado beater Stanford playing host to UCLA and Dante Moore, who can't stop throwing the ball to the other team. Even though he's very talented, make sure you hear me, YouTube. He is very talented. You know, saying yeah. yeah, so so we got a big slate, and then you know, just while we're on it. You know, saying and then looking at our NFL schedule, not so much, not so much. You know, we got Giants, Commanders, 
Atlanta, Tampa. We got Baltimore, Detroit. You know that has some good possibilities. That's right. That's that that could be that could be a Super Bowl matchup if Baltimore can figure out how to score we, twenty-seven points with touchdowns and not we, field goals. We got the Chargers going to Arrowhead, like I mentioned earlier. The Chiefs have won the last three games against the Chargers by yeah, an average of six points. You know, uh, we got Sunday night. Sunday night. A real game this time? I mean, let's not forget the Giants-Buffalo game turned out to be a real game. But storyline, storyline, we got Tua against Jalen Hurts. Is Nick Saban going to be in the building sitting next to Roger Goodell? I don't know. I don't know. Is McCorkle going to be there? And then we got uh, Monday Night Football. You know, it's not the best game when you think about records and everything like that but we got san francisco traveling up to the twin cities so kirk cousins against san francisco's defense i can live with that on a monday night i like kirk cousins a lot i love I kirk cousins kc8 like, is what i call him he's got yo he's going straight to the booth right next to matt ryan when he retires you no know, what is it like uh i would rather know, see him in a booth than tom brady what, what and i like it, tom uh, brady a lot you know, pretty Ricky's what they call him. You know what I'm saying? That's what I say. You know what I'm saying? Uh, KC8's what they call him. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so, yeah. So, I doubt San Francisco's going to lose two in a row. You know, we'll see if uh, McCaffrey, Debo, and Trent Williams will play. It looks like it's trending that way, but they got until Monday to figure it out. So, we'll see. Yeah, they got time. You know what I'm saying? But on that note, you know what I'm saying? We have definitely overstayed our welcome. <laughs> Mike has to get up early. You know what I'm saying? We will be back on Thursday. I'm gonna put it out there now so Mr. Logical know what I'm talking about. We're gonna make picks and we're gonna do our NBA preview. You know what I'm saying? So for those of you that want a little bit more than football, it's here. Y'all gonna be shocked when I announce my Phoenix record. Well, you didn't already said it like four times. Nah, I'm going to say it like with conviction, with my chest. Okay. Okay. So there you go, folks. You know what I'm saying? We love you. And we'll see you in a few days. Like, share, subscribe to your grandma about us. Yes, sir. And leave some comments. You know, we like to mix it up a little bit. Yeah. Get I it on. Keep it clean. It. Keep it clean. But, you know, we like to get it on. You yes. know what I'm Bring it on. Facts over feelings. Yeah. Don't piss in my pocket and tell me it's raining. Let's go. Yes, sir. Peace.